0: tip (laughs) hey guys welcome to the number one australian podcast in the world um one day will be (laughs) well yeah of course now um we had a pretty cool fight to watch actually volkanovsky versus ortega now i i want to make it clear that everyone's saying it's like the best featherweight fight ever i don't think so no because the best fight means it's both sides it was mainly one-sided. Yes. There was like, there was two submission attempts right in the third round.
1: Great, great submission attempts by the way. Uh, I, I was he's surprised. Very, he's he's
0: very he's very good, but ho- but when you start sweating. Like uh, Charles Sonnen always makes a really good uh, and this go- applies for Nick Diaz as well. Mm. Um these jiu-jitsu players they seem to they fall in love with their hands and then they think that they can just submit people off their back, yeah. and Chael makes it really clear. Like I'm a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, and I'm telling you right now, the elite don't get submitted off their back. Yeah. It mm. doesn't. It doesn't happen. Yeah. It doesn't. Uh, so, someone doesn't submit you off their back. Yeah. That doesn't happen. It will happen. You know, fur, further down, and maybe like it's different when it's like a standing guillotine, and then you come to your back because that's a bit different. Someone mm. goes for a double leg takedown. They fuck it up. They go on the wrong side. Mm-hmm. They're, they're gassed. Mm-hmm. Goes for a guillotine attempt. It's tight. It's like when you're talking about Brian Ortega versus Cub Swanson. Oh, yeah. So, sunk it in. Was, was standing and then just hooked his legs around and it's done. It's, it's done.
1: There's a very, very small, small chance. They happen, but they're they're incredibly rare.
0: There, there's a reason why there's a lot of the, like a lot of the submissions are a lot easier to get in the gi. Yeah. Because you're also like, that can absorb a lot of moisture when you're it's not even no gear. you're just wearing shorts yeah right you're Which, gonna be so slippery by the third round especially when the output of a featherweight fight it's very high it's it's like I, I'm not gonna lie those those submission attempts I bet you they were really tight yeah I bet you like because like Vol- Volkanovski's little shave tab was gonna change a few colours right yeah but he's gonna slide out yeah. because it's the third round by then
1: well, one thing i got to admit that um, both both fighters had phenomenal grapplers in their camp. We mm. had one of the Gracies mm-hmm. in uh, Brian Ortega's. He was probably smiling as ourself. And then, and then across the room, we had the tremendous Craig Jones. Shout out to mm. Craig Jones. He's probably mm. smiling as ourself when he saw Volkanovski mm. get mm. out of those jokes. There was even one point which I absolutely loved when, uh, well, I think it was, uh, what, what's his name? Uh uh, Ortega had him in a DAS and then Volkanovski just put up his hand straight away. He's like, "I'm all good." <laughs>
0: he was fine. He was, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I have no he idea. He did well. He, I have
1: no idea how he escaped those attempts as well. Like, um, he was when he was in that guillotine, the entire bar that we were in, basically just like shit themselves, like feel the tension in a room. Yeah. And then Volkanovski was flailing his legs on the ground, like desperate trying to pop up his hips, and. I honestly I thought that was, that was it Right then and there And then he got in a triangle Like
0: Triangle it, looked pretty tight as well. Yeah as well as
1: Triangles are Ridiculously hard To get out of Especially when you're trying to Because you're over trying you tr- basically trying To overpower someone's legs
0: Which are one of the Strongest muscle groups They've got Yeah It's very hard for you Then trying to peel away From that Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's It's very difficult From there on But because Brian had also Absorbed a lot of damage to then And had Poured his gas tank Out yeah. already Yeah it was a little bit, probably a less squeeze than there was. It's there probably would be in like a submission grappling match. Yeah. Um, but Volk did so well. Honestly, yeah. like the amount of output he almost did double the amount of strikes as Ortega. Yeah. And to be honest, what I, I must give credit to Ortega that his the dude's tough. He's, he's very du- durable and he, he he's definitely like one of those Mexican warriors. And his striking has got a lot better. Yeah. Since his fight with Max Holloway, because Max Holloway like was even. Trolling him a little bit, and those later rounds, he actually pulled, picked up Ortega's hands to show him how to strike, yeah and then fucking hit him with with a one-two, and then, um, and then you you saw him disappear for a little bit, came back against um, I was about to say he's a beat, it's not the beat, like uh, the Korean zombie, right? And you're starting to see a little bit of an evolution of Brian Ortega's game after that two-year absence. I just didn't think it was that big a no, difference. A nah. di- not not enough evolution for you to beat like uh, the people that Volkanovski's actually beaten is is very high level. Yeah. Like he's beat Chad who's fought for so many title contenders. Yeah. He's very good. Yeah. Um and then he, he's got Holloway twice. Yeah. And he's got Jose Aldo. Yeah.
1: And not even that but like if he gets um, Holloway twice when Ortega couldn't get him the first time, you know, that kind of shows like how many levels that Volkanovski is above the, the featherweight game. And I honestly believe right now he he's on his way to becoming probably one of the best featherweight champs of all time. I think so. He's on his way. He's also on his way to prove him while he's one of the pound, pound kings. Um, Because he's on a streak, right? He's on a very, very hot streak right now. Uh, Above him is Kamara Usman and Amanda Nunes. And, you know, Amanda Nunes is very, very active. And Kamara Usman as well, who's very, very active as well. So, it's good because the featherweight division, if you look at the divisions, featherweight is considered one of the top three. Now, there's debate amongst uh, which division they is best. They move around a little bit. Yeah. It's around there in the top three in terms of talent. There's so much talent right now in the February division. Uh, which, uh, and that's why, I believe, for his time, you know, someone like Volkanovski, he's proving himself to be one, one of the greats. And what we saw today was just a further explanation of why how well we handled it. He, you said to me at round four or round five, the dude's not even breathing heavy. He's got that Crazy. N- n- next level gas tank. He was controlling on those leg kicks. He had his submission uh, escapes na- uh, now down. His strikes were now down. And not even that, I mean, like, by the end of it, like, poor Ortega's face looks like he got hit by a train.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they often, like, those Mexican warriors, they often wear the damage but don't show it in their performance. And so yeah. they just keep walking forward like a zombie. hmm um, I mean, with Volk, like, where do you go from here? Where do you go from here after beating Ortega? Because let's be real—he dominated him. Mm. Dominated them. Um, where do you go from here? Because now Max, oh, oh, during the broadcast, Max Holloway versus Yoel Rodriguez had been confirmed, and that mm. was official—that that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So most likely, Yeah Rodriguez versus Max Holloway. That's going to be mm-hmm. the, you know, the next title contender. Mm-hmm. So we're most likely just going to see Holloway win that fight, right? As he's been a bit more active, Rodriguez is probably not on the same level as Holloway. So we're most likely going to see Volkanovski versus Holloway three. Yeah, for And sure. that will kind of end the debate. Because if you don't, you may not agree with how the second fight was scored. I think it was incredibly close and it could have gone either way, right? Mm-hmm. But... If we get a third fight, that kind of just settles it. Mm-hmm. Whoever wins the third one, that that means they are the better feather featherweight champion. Yeah. And for a third, for a, well, a third fight over Max Holloway, if he gets a win over him, that that just I think that confirms that he's one of the best featherweight champions out there. Yeah. Jose has paved a long road. Um, since he was only I think when did he win the featherweight championship? He was 25 or something yeah. stupid? Yeah. So, I mean, Aldo's Aldo's paved a, a big path, a, a quite high limits for the, for the featherweight division as a champion. So, Volkanovski really has to put on a great performance against Holloway again mm. to put his name out there. But I hope he gets a little bit more respect because that's what they were saying in the broadcast. Like, can he finally get a bit of respect? Because I think a lot of people just thought of him as the guy... That may or may not have beat Holloway, mm. and then you know he had the issues with COVID and things like that, and he definitely
1: battled a lot of adversity to get to where he is. A lot, you know. And I got to he definitely when he says about respect on his name, but the way that he handled his post fight interview was mm. phenomenal. You know what I mean? Like he mm. was calling out to all Australia, saying I did that for you guys. You know, it it was it was really it was really sweet. Um, Honestly, I hope, and you know, he's done so much for the UFC sport as well. He revived the the tough brand, you know, the Ultimate Fighter. He put on a, you know, brilliant season. Uh, I've got to also admit to, even though he put on a good performance throughout the season, I kind of feel like the reason why it was so funny was because of Ortega and he was playing all those, <laughs> all those all pranks. The pranks, pranks like so, yeah. come on, that's the real reason why we watched the show. Uh, yeah, I just feel like he's just got a great team around him, you know, to have Craig Jones as well in your camp. In in the yeah, improve his game, and I kind of feel like he can attribute a lot of his uh, grappling abilities to him now. And
0: mm. it's just then there's he's Chris Eubank, uh, Chris, yeah. uh, uh, Eugene, yeah, uh, Eugene, ba- sorry, not, uh, Eugene Barryman, yeah, and Joe Lopez and Craig Jones, yeah, there, there's a lot of really good, really, really good, like teachers there from to from be guided on this path so yeah i mean fair play to Volk, i thought he did really fucking well mm. i thought he just put a beating on ortega yeah. and he never he never lifted the gas honestly there was there was points where he just came in out a, a submission attempt and yes ortega is probably screaming for oxygen because he just tried to squeeze the life out of him yeah but volk is obviously on on the tail end of like tr- having difficulty breathing and he doesn't let up. Yeah. And no matter what position it was, if he was in, if he was in full guard, he would just keep raining down posture up, make space, elbow, elbow. Some of those elbows, we were like, "Fuck!" Yeah. How is Ortega <laughs> taking that? And he just took him on the chin. Yeah. He, great fight. Probably not best featherweight fight. No. Um. Top five. Top five. I top was, five. I'll give him that. Uh, just because it was a bit one sided. I think it was just Ortega taking a lot of punishment. Yeah.
1: And. Not even that, but on the scorecards as well, they were pretty, there was a big gap on some of the scorecards.
0: Yeah, I think someone did a 49-46, which meant they thought Ortega won two of those rounds. Yeah. Um, and then it was all, f- the rest 50, of them was forty-four or something like uh, that. Yeah, 50-45, I think yeah. it was. I think one of them might have been 50-44. Uh, yeah. But uh, that assumes that it's a 10-9 or 10-8 for yeah. at least a couple of those rounds, so... Yeah, uh, Volk did so well. What I I would like to see is Holloway 3. I'd love to see that, because that's really showing the best of featherweight division.
1: That's kind of what everyone's really counting on. I don't feel like we're going to see that at all soon. I feel like it's going to be something to uh, focus on for next year. I don't don't see... There's only a few months left of the year. I don't see Volkanovski fighting anytime soon. I see him fighting in the second quarter of the year, though, of next year.
0: Yeah, I'd really like to see uh, Giga... Um, fight Volkonovsky as well. Yeah. Bigger Chikatsu, Yeah, I'd love that, to see that fight. That would well. be great
1: because Chikazuki's then the next rising star, you know, we got Yanez mm-hmm. as well who's rising as well. Mm-hmm. And then it's just
0: featherweights a hot, hot 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 spot right I'm now. I'm so sad Zabit doesn't fight anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Cuz I I believe it's because you know how everyone said that Zabit always had like he had cardio issues and things yeah. like that. Yeah. But it was because he's actually got a respiratory problem. Like yeah,
1: it's it. kind of sad because we always talked about in the early days of this podcast, like how much we loved him as well. We called mm-hmm. him the Dark Horse as a vision for a while, and Zabi hasn't fought since
0: how long? Twenty eighteen. There you go. Just, like that, yeah.
1: Like you, when you spend that long out as well, especially with all these like physical problems, it's just it's harsh, man. Ah, oh,
0: cool he's, he's around the sport. Like I know, I believe his brother is in Bellator or something like that. Mm. So he's around the sport and he's still coaching and training. Mm. But I don't know how. Like he's not retired, which is yeah. weird. Yeah, there was said that he might retire, but he hasn't announced it. Yeah, and he's I, probably on the ropes. He's probably on the ropes, and it's sad because I I thought he would. If there's anyone to beat Volkanovski, stylistically, I think it's the beat. Yeah, and that's why. I just love to see to see that fight because you want to see the best fight the best, mm-hmm. but uh, no, nah, it's sad. But hopefully, hopefully, we'll get some good news about Zabit fighting again in the future, maybe twenty twenty two, something like that. But we'll we'll have to see. Um, I know Shevchenko, she looked li- like her performances in general are pretty one sided. Yeah, but she smashed Lauren Murphy <laughs> a little. I thought was there any I, doubt. I well, there was no doubt because uh, when I was looking on, like just to just to have a. Look at the betting. Um, it was a dollar and eight cents on Valentina um, a couple of days ago, and then the day of today, I checked it again. It was a dollar four cents, and I think it was like eight dollars fifty. Eight dollars fifty. Oh my yeah, god! So eight point five times. Whatever you put on Murphy, just a win, not by TKO, not by decision. Just a win. Just a win. So, most likely, if it was by TKO or or submission or or, or decision or things like that, it would probably rise to maybe nine or 10. So, yeah, that's crazy that you (laughs) get tenfold your money. And it just goes to show how heavy a favorite the Valentina is now. No one expects any opposition. And they expect, you and me expected a round one or two TKO. And the main reason why I thought that was because Valentina is very good on the feet. She's very good on the ground. If she really needs to do some ground to pound, she can. But the thing with Lauren Murphy is she's a grinder. Like, she she just goes through and she's a bit of a brawler. She she takes a few to give a few. Mm -hmm. But um, she has, like, a negative strike ratio. So, like, she takes a lot more hits than she actually gives out. And she tends to accumulate a lot of damage. And if you've got, like, a negative strike ratio, then... It's, it's not the best indicator if you're going against someone that's a very good striker in the female division that actually carries a bit of power and that can knock you out. It doesn't carry over well. So it, exp- it makes sense why the bettors were so, you know, they, a, formidable, a formidable opponent like Valentina is going to be a huge betting favourite and it made sense. Mm. The, the main thing for me was that I was really expecting a round one or two KO. Yeah. And we just saw it later in the fourth.
1: Positive that we can give to Murphy that she held on a lot longer than most fighters do with Shichenko. Yeah. yeah. And she, there were moments where she was actually getting some decent shots in on Shichenko. But really, there was just, we've talked about this last time. Like, um, we talked about this many times before, actually. It's the same with Númez. You're just throwing these women to the friggin' sharks. Like, you know, whenever someone's going up against Shichenko or, or Númez, don't really expect them to come out the other way. I mean, no. it was the same with what they did with, what's her name, Jennifer Meyer. It's the same with what they did with Jessica evil It's the same with uh, Megan Anderson. Like, I remember when I watched uh, UFC, when they, you know when they do the, uh, oh, they do that count, they did like a weird countdown thing, and then they have Ron Perlman to narrate it. And then they were like, for a new man, they had, she is the most dominant female fighter in the history of combat sports. A multiple-time champion, double D divisions, and she's up against. And then they had, all they could say for uh, Megan Anderson was the, the, what is it? the killer giant from Australia. That's it. That's all they could say. So it's just... it's, it's Not even
0: the Raiders are paying enough attention to actually be like, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, they, she has height. Yeah, yeah, that might be something. Yeah. That's it. They could all. Bring I, know, up. I know, I know, but that's the thing. When it comes to the female division, there's not as many like the talent pool's not big enough. The talent pool's not big enough, and that's just simply because the sport hasn't been around long enough, especially for the female divisions. Right? Shevchenko walked through Murphy. Yeah, she, she was that close of catching that sp- uh, that spinning hook kick. Mm. That spinning hook kick yeah. was down. It was like Quick. it was like millimeters off, and it was fast. Yeah, I. The thing is though, because she's very good at those kicks. Yeah. Um. I know she got landed a good spinning back kick. That w- that w- that was a nice kick. And then that spinning hook kick was so close off Lauren Murphy. Mm. There's no tells. That's what shows in a like like Giga Chikatsi. There's no tells. It just pops. Yeah. And there's there's no stuttering in the movement. I don't know where you go with this though. Yeah. I don't know where this goes with Shevchenko because. She she said she'll she'll fight anyone, but who do you give her? She's already fought Nunes twice,
1: and she doesn't want a trilogy with her. Well, Nunes doesn't want a trilogy.
0: No, probably not interested. Right? Yeah. Although it is probably the most challenging opponent she could ever fight. Yeah. Where, what what happens here with Shapanchenko? Do, does she move up, or does she just stay in the division where she's doing perfectly fine?
1: Well, this just will. It's not really much you can do. She's just, yeah. just too dominant. It's a problem like um it's not it's gonna be like that and it's it's that's just the way it, it's just the way it is really. What I feel like would be quite interesting though, I don't really think this is going to happen, but I would really like it if we saw Shichenko go over to somewhere like one championship. Mm. And fought the kickboxers Or the Muay Thai fighters Over there
0: But they'll never do That it. would never happen The UFC will never Let go of Valentino No
1: Because it would make One look too good You know what I mean To
0: even entertain it Yeah the UFC won't do it They yeah. won't entertain it at all
1: Yeah But I feel like That would be I would definitely Pay top dollar To see how chichenko Goes up against The kickboxing talent Over there
0: Yeah Yeah I would too Is it's a shame That they don't do The cross promotional Fights and things like that No, nah. Because I know that Similar to Holly Holm, she's done a lot of, like, Muay Thai and kickboxing fights as well. Ooh. So I'd like to see how that would go as well.
1: I'll tell you I would like uh, Shchenko to fight. Holly Holm? No. Home? <laughs> yeah. No Holly Holm. Uh, I'm going to get so much hate for this, but the Special Forces soldier who transitioned to a female. Oh, you no. heard that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the tra- Special Forces soldier transitioned yeah. to a female. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, was it what destroyed her? or her, like, I should say her now, her first MMA fight, mm. just throw her to Shechenko, and then Shechenko would just light,
0: probably light that, her up. I don't think they're going to get some newly transgender female to just chuck in. It's <laughs> Valentina would KO that person as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, i got to
1: feel that Valentina would just, like, smash through. She's, smash.
0: She'd beat up dudes.
1: Yeah, I reckon she
0: could. She'd beat up dudes.
1: I reckon Shechenko is one of those... Definitely one of those um women who Was she
0: one thirty five? Yeah. She one thirty five. She's
1: roughly around, you know.
0: She'd she'd beat up a she'd beat up a Sean O'Malley. Yeah, I reckon. She I reckon Valentina would beat up Sean O'Malley. Yeah, you reckon? I'd reckon
1: i reckon I I would wouldn't mind that, you know what I mean? Just you wouldn't mind tr- it. Wouldn't mind <laughs> yeah. the cr- the uh the intergender title. You they know would what they mean?
0: would never do it, but I, I actually think Valentina
1: She could fuck up most men, I swear.
0: Yeah, most guys walking off the street, yeah. yeah. Fuck, a right, fuck them right up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Beat the shit out of a le- their legs. Um, But... I don't know where you go with Shevchenko with legitimate competition. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah, yeah true. I don't know where to go.
1: That's all in theory. That's just in my head.
0: Now, Any- anyway. We'll talk about not very good competition. Uh, Diaz versus Lola, Lola too. You, you predicted this, mate. <laughs> you predicted this. Well, well, there was a video... Um, <laughs> and and even the UFC put it up on their instagram later on and I cuz it was leaked and then it's and then the UFC got ahead of it and then put it on their instagram and it was Nick's shadow boxing and like nick's shadow boxing is a bit unorthodox like he's a good boxer but it's like it's unorthodox type of striking Yeah. and some of his shots are like like uh, he does them slow then he then he speeds them up and things yeah. like that but when he's doing the shadow boxing it looked fucking terrible it looked so bad <laughs> it looked really really bad and i went sorry diaz army um, he, he's gonna fucking lose <laughs> he's
1: looks <like> so bad <laughs> you put up on our instagram which was hilarious you put up saying i'm getting a evander holyfield
0: vibes from this Yeah, i was getting a evander holyfield <laughs> f- but, because to be fair and i i really wanted i i've tried not to bet on fights anymore because it'll get I will y- get a bit addictive. Y- did you bet on? This I fight? didn't. I didn't. I've stopped altogether. I've, I need to hold on to my money rather than keep betting on stuff. Because I'll, I'm, most of the fights I bet on, I'll, I'll, I'll be correct. But I get a bit addictive with it. I start doing multis, and that's where I go wrong. Cause, yeah. Because I'll get like four or five fights right, and then that one one will fuck everything up, and I lose everything. Mm. So I don't want to do that anymore. But I did say Diaz was going to lose because it was giving me a Vander Holyfield vibes. Vander Holyfield fighting fifty eight uh, is a fifty eight year old boxer who looked shocking. And the reason why Vander was actually out of boxing earlier on was he the commission failed him. Mm. The commission failed him and said he was uh, unfit to fight. So you reckon twelve years later, being absent from the sport, coming back, he's now fifty eight, getting close to retired age. You know, against they, they, they again against they what you thought he was going to get better with age? Yeah, you Gint's thought
1: the dude is the most sourced up motherfucker. Oh I'm yeah, player. and it was
0: back to TRT Vitor, <laughs> and it, and he was, was all on all the Brazilian <laughs> what uh, supplements. You and then when I was seeing Diaz was Lawler, I know from a few stories um, that Lawler he's. You know, he's continued a really strict strength and conditioning program. Yeah. He's always doing strength and conditioning. And you can see, he's in good shape. He's never changed.
1: He's 38 now, isn't he? And
0: uh, 30... 39, I think. Yeah. 39. But... And and they're almost 40, right? So you're not going to expect them to be as they were in their prime. Diaz was removed for a long period of time. He could have came back after his suspension uh, went through... But he didn't. He mm-hmm. must have been very pissed off with the UFC. I get it. But his best days were already behind him. Mm. Came at 38. 38 at welterweight, which is what it was supposed to be. Yeah. That's not a good age for a welterweight fighter in MMA. It's too old. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, that's... 38-year-olds don't succeed in MMA unless they're in the light heavyweight or heavyweight division. It just doesn't <laughs> happen. And... um. And Lawler, look, he's not the same Lawler anymore, Mm. but at least he stayed active. Mm. Diaz wasn't. So timing's not going to be the same. Um, And to be honest, Lawler's got a lot better in terms of his conditioning. Mm -hmm. He used to be one of those guys that was super reckless, especially in that first fight that was, what was it, 17 years ago that they fought back in 2004? That's when they've had their first fight. And he was a lot more cautious. And he was doing a lot more rolling with like rolling through with the punches, ducking and weaving underneath. If he got caught by Diaz, he would keep his hands up as high as he could and just roll with the punches, cover, cover, cover. Mm. Take up if he was gonna pit a patter, he's gonna pit a patter. Yeah. And then as soon as Diaz started to put on a little bit more pressure, Lola would explode and start digging in with these shots. He did very well. Lola did I would expect that would that whole fight would have progressed the same way it usually would.
1: I don't even get why they even put that thing five rounds. I'm like, you kidding me? You want to watch two thirty, nearly forty year old dudes I slug it out for five
0: rounds? I don't know why they didn't uh, the why they made it uh, middleweight. Yeah, it was supposed to be welterweight, and Diaz just went. No, I don't want to cut weight. And they just went, "Yeah, okay."
1: He didn't even look like he wanted to be there. That was so weird. Like, I'm like, what is going on in his head? He said he didn't want to be there. He didn't. When did he say he didn't want to be there? He had
0: a uh, ESPN interview with Brett Okamoto, and he said, "I don't know why we we made this fight. Why did the UFC make this fight? I've already beat this guy. Why? Why have I, Why have they made this fight? I don't want to fight Robbie. I don't. I don't care." And he was very disinterested. And then he you looked could, disinterested. He was, I like, look, the conditioning was still there, the chin was still there, but maybe the mentality wasn't there, he wasn't that same gangster guy anymore, and when he got hit with those shots, and normally that guy would get right up right away, and just keep walking forwards, and he just went, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, and that's when the fire died, so to be honest, I don't actually see Nick Diaz doing another fight, I don't even, I don't see it happening,
1: I don't see it happening either, but here's the other thing. It was nice to see Robbie Lawler get that revenge. Um, sorry get that win back because he's had a bit of a rough stint these past few years. You know, there was the situation he had with Ben Askren, which he lost. You know, he lost his title to Tyron, Wood, uh, Tyron Woodley a few years back, and mm. and then he had that horrible loss to uh, Colby Covington, where Colby Covington just like pieced him up for for three rounds or five. That you know,
0: f- really fucks with your career Yeah, it?
1: as well. And especially when he, Kobe Compton broke the record for most significant strikes or something like that. And what was the other thing? And then I think he lost one more time as well after that as well. But I can't remember who it was too. Uh,
0: I'm f- I'm forgetting about... Uh, after he's he lost a time, would they just... It just fell off yeah, from there. Deteriorated uh, a little bit. It deteriorated uh, quite a fair bit from there. But it, it,
1: took, could it took so much damage as well in those fights as well.
0: He, he often does. You know, you never actually hear about it, but Robbie is a really good wrestler. Mm-hmm. He's a really good wrestler, right? You'll never see him take someone down. Yeah. Whenever you see Lola take someone down, won't do it. Amazing wrestler. He's very similar to like a Justin Gaethje, or more correctly, Justin Gaethje is very similar to Robbie Lawler. Mm-hmm. Ruthless and violent, but he won't take you down, even though he's got really good wrestling pedigree. They won't do it. So when you expect Diaz vs Lawler, like no one was expecting. It's, some people, what the UFC sold was nostalgia. They yeah. sold, they sold, yeah. n- they sold nostalgia to the old school UFC fans that kind of have been with them through years and years and they were rewarding the fans right the ones that got the maybe they saw nick diaz versus Lawler one and that's what got them into the ufc and they've been a fan from the ufc since 2004 till 2021 and then they wanted to see this fight and they did it for those fans and now those same fans are also saying hang on these are not the same fighters i yeah I, i expected to see well, yeah, the 38 and 39, they were looked a bit slow.
1: Mm. Um, there were moments where they were literally just touching each other, touching each other, throw a big hook, touch each other, touch each other. Diaz, that's
0: his, Diaz that's his style. Yeah. Lola, Lola started to do that, I think, in that third round. Diaz would start to curl up and he would just pitter-patter. It, it, Lola started to do a kind of Diaz's thing, pitter-patter, pitter-patter. As soon as he saw an opening, boom, body shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, those uppercuts by Lawler were really smooth, and those check right hooks were clean. You can't ride that shit any better because that check right hook, that that check hook was what knocked him out in the first meeting mm-hmm. of their fight, in back in two thousand four. Now, that's what that's what sealed the deal with with Diaz in the in the second. I, I'm very confused by Diaz just touching his nose and just going, "That's probably broken. I'm not going to get up." He just didn't get up, and 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 Herb asked, "Do it? Do you want to continue?" And Diaz went,
1: "Nah." Yeah, n- not even that. But he was running a lot during the fight as well.
0: He was, which you don't usually see. Yeah, it's just uh it was it was very uh
1: it was just very one sided. I mean, well, I mean, th- even at the beginning, I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" When he got in the cage, he wasn't paying attention. It was time to take his shirt off, and he was looking. he Didn't say much. He was moving around very slowly. He tried to tried to do a masvidal at the start of the fight. Try to throw a spinning wheel it, kick. He tried, so he just try to, to end the fight. He tried
0: to do a step up hook, uh, spinning hook kick, and it looked terrible. Yeah, and it, it was kind of like when we saw Diego Sanchez try and do the Masvidal knee, mm-hmm. and there was all those memes of like, "Hey, mom, I want, I want a uh, Jorge Masvidal. Um, I want, I want Jorge Masvidal. Oh no, sorry, Timmy, we've got Jorge Masvidal at, ho- at home." Yeah, uh, and as Dia as uh, Diego uh, Sanchez with his fucking big, big belly trying to go for a, a jumping, mm-hmm. a jumping flying knee. It's not the same thing. So I it was so weird to see that because that's not Diaz's thing. Diaz, yeah. Diaz sometimes does you know the odd side kick and you know the front kick up the middle. Maybe the odd leg kick, but he doesn't do anything else other than that. So it was very weird. Why do why do you? What do you get from that? Yeah, it didn't make any it, sense. They put him in the worst position because then Robbie just swarmed him yeah. and fucking uppercutted him. Yeah, I mean it's the fight mean. had a lot of
1: punches. It was pretty much a boxing match and see whose chin was going to give out first. Because when soon as Nick hit the canvas, like Robbie refused to play guard or go into his guard. He refused to play that ground game. He went, nope, stand up, stand up, and he just walked away. And then he turned around. And he was like, oh well, okay, that's the end. You know, exactly. Just fuck exactly. Oh my, it's just like I don't. Here's the other thing I need to ask you as well. Do you think that Robbie should just... I'm not saying he should retire, but do you think he's definitely come to the end? I do. Because I don't see him going in for... it. He's 38, 39.
0: I see him fighting once more. Once and, more. And I I think it's the perfect matchup.
1: Okay, I'm listening.
0: Welterweight. Donald Serrano.
1: <sighs> Ooh. That's not such a bad idea.
0: Because I know Donald... He's going to have one more fight left. And I know he wants to continue at 155. But if you only got one fight left, why bother? You're not going for a title run. Yeah. Your best days are behind you. Have a fucking amazing fight yeah. against Robbie Lawler. Two of the biggest, fucking baddest motherfuckers ever. Yeah. Like those guys are BMFs. Yeah. Those guys are old school BMFs. So Cowboy Cerrone versus Robbie Lawler, that's a fight you want to see. Mm-hmm. And then. Win or lose, whatever happens, they both end their retire. Why not? That's the best Why way to do it. I'll, that, I'll that, pay that, is for the, that. That is the perfect retirement fight for either of them.
1: Lula can go, you know, live out his days and Cowboy can ride off into the sunset.
0: Exactly. You on know, his, on his be, horse,
1: yeah. That'd be. Yeah. Anyway, so a heavyweight fight between Blades and Rosenstrike. What are your thoughts about that one? I was... Uh, a shit fight. <laughs> <laughs> Shit I was going to say, it was a bit lackluster, but you just, up no, shit, fight. shit fight.
0: <laughs> Um Blades tends to do that sometimes. Yeah, he's not really, the Get. problem is with
1: Blades, <laughs> he's not that, the ex- problem is with Rosenstreich as well, is that they're not very, very exciting fighters. That's that's just, that's just, Rose,
0: Rosenstreich can be an interesting fighter because. He when leads, he wants to be. When he wants to be, he can be a bit gun shy after, like when you saw him versus Garn. Garland was pouring on him, and then the strike when he knows he's outclassed, he curls up into a ball a little bit. Blades blades will strike with you as much as he, like the most minimal amount that he needs to, and then he'll try and take you down. Mm-hmm. And then he'll try and smother you from there. He doesn't, what he'll do is he'll take you down, smother you, but he doesn't do a lot of significant strikes. He'll do tiny little hits, and it's just enough
1: To get points.
0: To get points and for the ref not to stand you up. It's just a smother. He doesn't go for submission attempts. He just does little pitter-patter stuff. And it's... He can win the round as long as he has landed enough strikes to get points and that Rosen strike doesn't put any submission attempts or anything like that up. up. And it doesn't... Do anything significant. That's the only way Blades wins that. Because, yes, he got the takedown. Did Blades do any significant advance? Did he do any significant advances after that? Did he go for a submission attempt? Did he, did he try and knock the guy out? Did he try and just make uh, make damage? Or he didn't do any of those. Or he just smothered him on the ground. Yeah. Oh well, okay. Well, Rosen strike—that's his problem for not trying to get up. Yeah. Right. He was just trying to hold from there hold and, and and try and make sure that there's no space for Blades to come up and go for elbows and things like that. But you're both part of the problem. Yeah. Blades is trying to smother and just put tiny bits of pressure on and he's not really trying to look to create space. Rosenstrike thinks Blades is c- trying to create space so that he can get punched or at least he wants to make sure there's no space because mm-hmm. that's the safest way to be. But he does he's not looking for an underhook. He's not trying to get up on one side and put himself in a risky scenario where maybe he could put his you know back in a disadvantaged place, but he could then use that as an opening to get up get to his feet and do what he does best mm-hmm. kickbox. Mm-hmm. They're both part of the problem there so t- for me, Rosenstrike he didn't do enough He didn't do enough volume. He's a real good kickboxer. But you can think a bit too much. Curtis Blades, um, the guy, the guy has power. Yeah. Like that guy has power, and he's a real good re- wrestler. And it and his takedowns are very good. I understand this is bread and butter, but it doesn't work against the really big hitters, like Stipe Miocic, Francis Zagarno, yeah, yeah. Derek Lewis, because. It works most of the time. It's a winning strategy. It mo- works most of the time. It's not the most exciting, but fuck it, you win, right? Yeah. It's a bit boring but because you're not doing <laughs> any submission attempts, but he's only had three losses, and that's to two people, to uh, Francis Ngannou twice and Derek Lewis once. Yeah, Yeah. it's not – It doesn't work against the real big hitters.
1: No. The most interesting part of the whole fight was when Rosenstrack hit blades with a knee. Mm. That was it. That was kind of mean. There was a few good strikes here and there. You know, there it's was probably, takedowns. It's probably
0: the only significant strike. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, this thing though with Rosen strike, not shitting on him, but in, when I follow these MMA group, uh, group chats, they always break down the fights and mm. that's where I get my knowledge from, get my news from someone put up this hilarious thing that Rosen strike has a split personality between Rosen strike and doesn't strike. Yeah, mm. <laughs> so they call it. that's what they call them sometimes. I
0: think he just overthinks a but, bit. I but the thing know. is, both
1: men to to sympathise with both of them. Both of them are coming off pretty bad losses. Mm-hmm. You know, we got Suragan who beat Rosenstruck, and we got Blades who got who got mm. lost to Derek Lewis, which arguably he was winning up until Derek Lewis caught him. You know, so both men, I would understand, were a little bit gun shy. But uh, yeah, and they were both once title contenders, but now they're kind of just like balancing out with each other. I was uh, a little bit annoyed as well because there were some fights in the prelims, which I really thought should have been main main card, and even though we're not going to go diving deep into them, mm. I felt like I should have seen Mirab... Uh, Jack, say his last name properly for me.
0: Marab um, Davashvili.
1: Yeah, I got to. I got to ask you that because I want to fuck that up because you know how Georgian names are. Georgian right. names are.
0: Yeah. First, uh, Marlon Maria. Yeah, that, that should have been a. should have been a main event. I think that should have taken the play. And and to be honest, I get it. You when you simplify, uh, you sympathise for Blades and Rosenstripe because like that, it just everyone. Everyone just watched like Dan Hooker versus Nasrat. Then they watched. Um, marab devashvili versus marlon marais they saw these great fights yeah and then you get and then you got that as as you know right before the co-main and main event look and uh, and i understand that's why a lot of people were booing and things like that yeah even when they were doing the post-fight interview a lot of people were booing booing who uh blades oh really yeah they were booing blades yeah and just because it wasn't super interesting yeah but well, yeah, I, I get your point. Like Marab Deveshvili versus um, Marlon Marais, that should have been, that should have taken up that spot, or maybe the Dan Hooker fight against. There you That's go. Right. That Ooh. should have been it.
1: A- it Should have replaced those two with the Andraj, as well. what replaced the Andraj with that as well. Mm-hmm. Because first of all, when we came out, Jessica Andrage absolutely steamrolled for a opponent. Yeah. It she wasn't, she wasn't even close. The, uh, she her. was so hesitant. I'm, uh, come on. Because Jessica Andrade, is the former champion, I understand that, but then again, it's about bums in seats. Yeah. You know what I mean? And not even that, but Jessica Andrade versus her opponents was a huge, huge uh difference in the odds as well.
0: Oh, yeah, and you could see there was a massive difference in power as well. In skill. Like, Cynthia's strikes, like, she was very much on the back foot. Yeah. Right, and she was only just getting a breath in, moving back, moving back. And yeah. she was scared. I always think of, like, when I, just in, in Drage, I just think, just tank. Yeah. She's just a tank. She just moves forward. Terminator. She, yeah, gets a hit, gets a hit. <laughs> keeps moving forward. Yeah, Moves off the line, a little bit of head movement, keeps going forward, keeps going forward. Just that, hand. yeah, it's just that normal Muay Thai style where it's just brute strength. Yeah. And just breaking down her opponent. And that's what she did, like, in those last final seconds of the first round. Mm-hmm pulled on the pressure and got the knockout I think the, those ones are a bit more interesting like the Marab fight that was fucking sick Marlon Marlon did very well against Marab because that first round is always scary against, with with Marlon because he's just like his muscles on muscles it's yeah. crazy how shredded and strong that Especially guy for is especially ban- for a Bantam a fight 135er yeah he looks like a 155 let yeah. be fair Jacked, jacked as yeah. fuck. Kind like of Krillin. I He's like Krillin.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: what he looks like. Krillin.
1: Nice. I felt a little bit sorry for uh, poor Marlon though, because Marlon fucking nearly had him in the first first round. Oh, I had us. him on Bambi
0: legs for a, for a good bit. Yeah, and he,
1: he was chasing him, and then he put up his hands like, "What are you doing, man?" You know, like mm. Rob, You know, you kind of got a little bit lucky, though. You got away with that, you
0: he, know. He did, but it was less luck and more there's when some fighters get rocked they they kind of put themselves in situation like some situations where they're like like they've been rocked they're not thinking correctly and then they put themselves in a situation where it's very hard to dig themselves out of but he stayed composed like he still was he was still okay he was still conscious and ready and even though he was on bambi legs he was still trying to make space get away when he had him up against the cage he had a breather He's like, right I've collected myself takes down Marlon he had two rounds of ground control time uh, in that first round mm. then in the second and third round it was basically Marlon just surviving moron was a fucking beast he does not stop no
1: he's he's definitely going to be
0: sorry not third round the second round yeah the second round, second um, round the second round it was just po- it was just it's just Marlon trying to survive. Yeah. Maribis, it is crazy how hard that guy must train. I, I found out that the reason why he's so conditioned is because it's mainly due to sparring. He will spar um, how many 100 rounds a week. 100, You're kidding. 100 rounds a 100 week. 100
1: rounds. Yeah. <laughs> well, not even that, but how effective he is on the ground, his ground and pound, like... As soon as he's got you on the ground, he's just going to start raining down shots. He's not going to let you breathe. He's not going to let you move. You know, he had him in the mm-hmm. half guard, just kept pounding him. And then Mullen got over to his back and he just started flaying at him. It's just, it's just too good. It's, once he got you up against the cage, that's it. Game over.
0: The, the interesting th- f- thing for me was there were so many opportunities for a submission, like a rear naked choke. Yeah. Never went for it. Yeah. You there, was a, there was a guillotine there as well. Didn't go for it. Yeah. He will... Just, tr- he really wants that knockout. Yeah. He really wants that
1: knockout. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <sighs> pardon me. <laughs> I'm still, fi- I'm starting to feel a little bit weak uh, for I those mean, you are listening. T- you just
0: took your COVID jab, didn't I you? I got my
1: second COVID jab and I'm wearing a shirt right now that says COVID-1984. Oh, so it's the uh, side effects are starting to kick in a little bit. I'm starting to feel a little bit w- uh, weak and drowsy. Just holding on though. Um. Uh, anyway, Conor McGregor. Mm. Let's talk about it. What is going on? He's
0: trying very hard on one he, leg just to, to f- stay relevant, yeah.
1: Fucking hell, it's pissing me off though.
0: Like the thing is, like, I love I love Connor. I I, I love do, I love watching do. it, I love his character, I love uh the main thing I love about it is his fighting fighting style and things like that. The way he conducts himself in the Octagon, but uh, damn, he's try he's he's constantly Every the One thing you would see um, after the Volkanovski vs. Ortega fight was everyone was giving them both fighters praise. The yeah. only person being salty was Connor. Yeah. The only one. And <laughs> oh, I, and talking I, and about I he's
1: going to kick his head off. And it was in the well, first I'll, I'll round. I'll but then he changed his mind
0: at the end of the fight. I'll he's like, oh, no, not I'll, bad I'll, fight. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring it up. I'll bring yeah, it up. Read the answer
1: for people at home. Because um, it's just... Connor, man...
0: Why? Well, originally he said this is tremendous, let's go, and that was before the main event. And yeah, yeah. he was you know, you know he was gonna watch he's already said openly he loves Nick Diaz and yeah. things like that, right? And he has his own history with Nate um and that, that whole trilogy and things like that, right? What what he said was Oh, I've lost it. Oh, I'm back. All right, um Connor said, um Oh, he's deleted it. He deleted it? oh that's not nice oh so that's good people not listening. that's not fun
1: he said something on the lines of uh so short and i kick his head off like a rugby ball yeah i'm
0: gonna find it you cheeky bugger he got rid of it
1: yeah oh okay well, well, well so he
0: del- deleted the he deleted the comment it was it was along the lines of um i'd knock out this volkanovsky fella little short Guy, I'd kick his head off like a rugby ball. Yeah. It, he's he's like a little fart. I wouldn't even call him a fart. more like a shark. Yeah. And then he then says... Uh,
1: that was pretty accurate. I think that's how I remember. I it. think
0: that was around what he said. He said... And then the one that he didn't delete was... Not a bad fight. Congrats, Shartzy.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Great.
0: Yeah. And then he says, great night of fights. Valentina, you're tremendous. Da-da. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's just... Well, I, he's just trying to say so hard... Trying so hard to stay relevant in this... After everything that's happened, after breaking his leg, after lo- after his loss, what and not even that, but he's on a fucking Twitter, Instagram rampage lately.
0: Mm. Like Quite a lot, actually. Yeah.
1: Like there was that day where he threw a pitch for a baseball game, mm. and everyone gave him so much crap for it. And he said, "No, nah, I had too much power." And then there was all these memes saying, "I'm guessing a dolly is the only accurate thing he can throw these days." <laughs> Uh, uh,
0: let, let's be real though Okay Conor McGregor Yeah Now Yeah he's, let, Let's say We're not going to say Conor McGregor back in that featherweight division Because yeah. I think That Conor McGregor back then Would have killed anyone Yeah Right Conor McGregor now Yeah At featherweight Let's say Like before Dustin Poirier and mm-hmm. Hadn't broken the leg Right Him versus The Alex Vol- Volkanovski today Oh Who do you think wins?
1: Volkanovski by miles Yeah Volkanovski my mind
0: I, I think the Connor today Is just not the same don't It's even really that. not the same Volkanovski is just He's fucking brutal Yeah I don't
1: even think The Conor could, today Could beat Holloway today
0: um, That's what I think I don't think so Yeah I'm not too sure Yeah
1: It's just <sighs> oh, Well the thing is With McGregor One thing I could even Respect to is the fact That he's already Back in training now mm-hmm. Apparently
0: uh, You could already see That he's doing rehab And things like that he, He's doing a lot of he, – he's doing a lot of strength and conditioning and things like that, and that's great. You yeah. know, like, if you've just broken your leg, don't stay stagnant. You don't want to – it looks like he's not getting, like, any any form of muscle loss and yeah. things like that, right? Yeah. He's trying to make sure that, that he's not losing any, any muscle mass. He's trying to train as much as he can. He's already squatting, squatting weights and things like that. That's brilliant. I hope that he doesn't do what he did last time, and that is – very involved with getting jacked. Like he keeps on talking about getting jacked and muscular and strong and mm. things like that. And you're becoming exactly what you said was wrong was getting stiff and and stiff like a board. Yeah. And inflexible and and not as not as involved with movement anymore. Cuz that's what happened last time. Mm. And he just got so involved in strength conditioning where it was getting a bit silly because I know he has McGregor Fast and all that and that yeah. is... So you've got to push that because that's one of his revenue streams and mm. things like that, right? But that's not the reason why he lost. He lost because he was outskilled. Mm. He didn't lose because he didn't have enough fucking glycogen. No. He didn't lose because he didn't have the cardio abili- ab- um, ability because I think he did. Mm. He was doing all right. He was doing all right, he doing but, all right. But, but he was outskilled. You was asking, yeah. And
1: now, when he's just doing all these tweets, man, especially with everything that's going on, it's just.
0: <sighs> and I'm just like, uh. yeah, but I get it. Like, you want to try and stay relevant. I get it.
1: But a good human it's being, part of the business, you're never going to get anything good out of going out of your way to make someone look really bad. No, especially when that person's got a title and you don't.
0: It just makes you look a bit salty.
1: It does. It makes yeah. you look a little bit um, almost insecure in a way as well.
0: A little bit, yeah. Like, if you're really so good, why need to tell someone about it? Yeah. Why, why need to exp- explain that? Yeah.
1: And calling someone who's literally won the pound for pound greatest in the UFC right now, terrible. That just doesn't make any sense. Well, I,
0: I mean, wh- when we're speaking about, like, how the mighty can fall, like, John Jones.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay, let's bring that up. UFC
0: yeah. U- <laughs> Hall, of Hall of Fame. He's there. He's at the, at the front of the stage of GSP and things like that. Are you intoxicated? <laughs> and and he's and we put up a reel on Instagram showing like he's saying, all right, well, actually, I'm going to get an upgrade in pay, which is what I wanted, but it's going to be based on pay-per-view, so I need to work really hard for those fights. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do some legally controversial stuff to build the fight. <laughs> what does he do within 24 hours? <laughs> he he, fucking, he said that. He fucking illegally... Fucking tamper[s] with a, a vehicle gets done for domestic uh, violence, oh. and so I, I'll bring it up here. So, oh, by the way, he's actually he's still in jail at at, the, at this point, moment in time. He, um, he, he he's still in jail apparently.
1: John Jones and Vegas go together like crackheads and chainsaws, man. God, fucking
0: you! We'll talk about crackheads in a second. Here. Yeah, because. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, I like how everything's flowing so nicely today I as know, well, I you know? know But John Jones is just What were you even, like, why? Like, you shouldn't be doing this, man Because you are You haven't been fighting for a while You're supposed to be bumping up to heavyweight You love to have a go You love to have a go at Israel Adesanya Loves to have a go at Israel Adesanya And here's the other thing I've got to remember With John Jones, he's got all this He had all this fame He had all this, like, everything was right there Right in front of Nike him Nike deal yeah, his biggest opponent at the end of the day was is himself. He was the greatest of his time, but his biggest
0: enemy was himself because so bad that's not even shocking. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, he yeah. hit someone. He probably hit someone with his vehicle. Yep, done that before.
1: Yeah, <laughs> because not even that, but like, well, no one really teaches you how to be famous, man.
0: You no, no but can, he's been doing it for a fucking long time.
1: I know, and he's not getting any better at it either. No. And not even that, but he's been all these photos and videos of him in the gym, all sauced up and all thick and chunky, and I'm s- kind of just fat. Yeah, like I know. He's put on
0: muscle, I get yeah. it, but he's a bit fat.
1: Yeah. yeah, and now he's probably like all getting all these strength gains and all that sort of stuff and smashing it out. And, but he's just not. It's just it's bad. It's making him look really bad, man. Because when you do that, you're probably going into all this financial, all this legal trouble. No wonder you're asking for more money. You're trying to get more money because you're probably trying to pay off all the legal fees and all that sort of stuff. Not even that, but this was after his last arrest where he was caught for a DUI or something like that.
0: Yeah, he's had a lot. He's had DUIs. He's, had he's popped for steroids. He's popped for cocaine. He's He's been through the ringer quite a fair bit. Yeah. And... He's done street racing. He's hit, so he hit a pregnant lady with his car. What's with him with fucking cars, actually? Because yeah. he, he, after an incident at Caesar's Palace, he was charged with domestic battery and damaging a vehicle. What did he do to the vehicle? Probably fucking hit it. Or he pr- was probably intoxicated. Probably. It probably mighty kicks up. It could have been anything. Could He could have uh, had a car and hit someone with a car or. He could have been intoxicated and punched a guy that was coming out of a vehicle and then punched and maybe kicked the vehicle or something like that. Yeah. could be fucking. I love how vague they make it, make us guess. But John Jones, he'll still be in jail. He's still got. He's, as, as all these charges accumulate, it increases your bail. Like there's like 8,000 USD yeah. for his initial bail. I mean, to be fair, you could probably pay for that if you really wanted. I'm pretty
1: sure he should just lose his license altogether.
0: I think it was Chael that said something, and he said, John, why do you keep getting issues with with, car, with cars? <laughs> yeah. You can pay to have a chauffeur. Yeah. You don't need to. Yeah. Call, also, he's got all the money in the world. Call an Uber, bro. Don't... It, what are you doing?
1: Yeah. You're right. What is, it just doesn't make any sense.
0: It doesn't make any sense, and I don't understand how within 24 hours of saying he's a new man, that he literally proves to the world he's not. Vegas, like,
1: Vegas to him's like... Cocaine, you know. Well, let's, talk, like let's uh, talk
0: about cokeheads now. Uh, Oscar De La Hoya, him and Dana White had a bit of a, t- a Twitter spat. um
1: You know, there was a time where those guys actually used to be friends.
0: I didn't know that they used to be friends. And Dana's been in the boxing scene; that's where he came from. Yeah, right. And then as he's had issues with Oscar because they've talked about fighter pay. Oscar said a few lies about Dana in terms of fighter pay, and and then Oscar has this fight with Vitor Belford, and then that gets cancelled.
1: Oh, yeah. Due to COVID. 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 Um, COVID, we say with apostrophes.
0: Might have just, and we'll talk about the, uh, Aljo as well, but he might have taken a, a book out, a card out of Aljo's book. Mm. Um, so Oscar puts out, Hey Alex Volkanovsky, you just won a brutal battle for the UFC and made 1 20th of what you're worth. Dana White, have some fucking respect for yourself and these fighters and pay these warriors what they deserve.
1: Uh, I think the pay for that. the fights haven't even been released yet.
0: No, they haven't, which, so it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Dana White, shut the fuck up, you crackhead, faking that you had COVID and robbing me of watching you get knocked the fuck out by Vito Belford. You should win an Academy Award for your hospital performance. Ooh, good comeback. I'm not ima- I am not cannot imagine that Oscar will make anything intelligent as a reply. He probably would have went, <laughs> tweet, 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 tweet. <laughs> That's probably what that came He's probably drunk out as his mind. Look, Oscar... Oscar just—he looks like a really aged com- combatant. Yeah, he's uh, aging yeah.
1: really badly as well.
0: I, I, th- I don't know who would do better, Oscar <sighs> De La Hoya or Evander Holyfield.
1: Why don't we just let him, let him and Dana fight each other in a boxing match? Now that anything's possible
0: well, in the boxing. Well, Dana White was supposed to fight Tito Ortiz a long time yeah. ago. Yeah,
1: well, he was actually preparing for really well for it as well.
0: Oh yeah, he weighed in and everything. Tito pulled out. And yeah, he does all fights. Um. Well, that's, uh, I don't know why I brought it up, but it's just funny. It's just funny that Oscar's Oscars, still trying to make himself relevant as well through Twitter and things like that. And I don't know where Oscar's coming from because he's saying oh, you made a, a, a 20th. Where does that come from? There's been no numbers. You don't know anything of what they're being paid. So, what? It's, <laughs> a, it's a silly comment to make. It and it's not very intelligent because Dana White can quite easily say you're a fuckwit. Yeah, and you know we all know you were faking it, uh, trying to get out of the fight, or you conveniently got COVID right before your fight. Oh yeah, no. it, it doesn't makes it doesn't make much sense. Doesn't make
1: any sense at all. It, it
0: it's it's yeah it's it's very very weird. I mean. Uh, I also wanted to talk about what you, you did. as you, you brought it up. Aljamain Sterling. He's pulled out of his fight against Pideon. Pideon, you, you mentioned that he actually called it a long time ago. Yeah. He said, I bet you you're, he's not fucking fighting in October. I bet you he pulls out and he fucking did.
1: Yeah. Did well, let's talk about the next surgery that he had to go through. Like, did he have to have like a disc fused or something? Uh, like that?
0: I don't think it's a, dick, a a disc fusion. It's when they put another disc in there. So I think it's... I, I need to check what it was. I thought it was similar to what Bisping got. Bisping yeah. had a fucked um, cervical um, vertebrae. And so what they do is they make an incision through your throat yeah. and then move everything to the side for a sec so that they can then put in a artificial vertu- vertebral disc in there and then they move everything back and then sew it all up. And I think that's what he's had because apparently – Due to wrestling, because Aljo quite a good wrestler, yeah. um, it's quite easy, you know, it, it's quite normal for wrestlers that have transitioned to MMA and things like that to get their neck fused. You know, Tito Ortiz, Romero, things like that. They all get their neck fused and things like that, either in the lower or, or the um, upper cervical spine, right? And then, fair enough, Aljo should probably take quite a bit of time off, right? But he's stalling the competition in terms of like who's going to be next in line for the belt. So what they're going to do is they're not going to strip Aljo, which is what they should do actually. Yeah. Um. They're making an interim title. Yeah. So it's most like, and I know Sean O'Malley said, yeah, I won that fight. Sean's not getting that fight. He's no. not even ranked. It's going to be Peter Yarn versus either Corey Sanhagen or TJ Delashaw. Really should be TJ versus Peter Yarn. Um, since Whoa. he beat Corey Sanhagen,
1: well, and but then to counter that argument, people believe that Corey Sanhagen won,
0: and TJ has also just came out of surgery as there well. There we go. There we so go. So Corey may skip the line. Yeah, since they also want to get this bantamweight division moving a little bit more,
1: and also Corey Sanhagen's lost to Aljo, but since then he's come a long way. Yeah, has came along. So, way. and Pud and there's a very the Pudian has a phenomenal striking style. You know, tra- trained to attack Tiger Muay Thai, and so does Corey Hagen. So Corey sanhagen has got some tricks up his sleeve, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he's not. He's pretty. He's a pretty solid grappler as well. So I like to see how that goes on the ground. You know, I feel that's why I feel like maybe Corey Hagen versus. Uh, Peter the way to go, but then I kind of can't help but feel sorry for Yarn because when I look back at Isle Joe versus Yarn, I feel like they should have just vacated the title.
0: I thought that Peter Yarn had violated the rules, but that didn't mean by violating the rules that the other person should be awarded the belt. Exactly. I think it should have been a violation in that way, a no con- no decision or no contest.
1: Yeah. Um... Because knees to the downed opponent is pretty rough. It's a, it's it's a strange rule,
0: but it's happened before. It's happened before. Anthony, and jo- Anthony Smith versus uh, John Jones.
1: Yeah, uh, Gegard Mousasi versus um, Chris Weidman. Mm-hmm. Happened that before. But thing is, knees to a downed opponent is allowed in one championship as well. So
0: a, a, and it it's just I don't see that coming to the UFC ever. No. But I do think that if it is in the rules that you can't do that, that's fine, Yeah, right? And especially from a, a really good striker from Peter Young, I get yeah. it. Um, was it maybe played up? Could have been. Yeah. Do I think it was fully fake? No. Yeah. But does that mean that that person should be awarded the belt? No. no. I think you haven't done anything to win it.
1: Not even that, but the way that he responded to it within after he got out of the octagon wasn't that great you know you see him parting with the bell and posing with the bell and
0: and now he he plays up to it a little bit he leans into it too much and yeah and he, he leans into the paper champion vibes because it infuriates a lot of people where he's he brings the belt everywhere yeah and it infuriates a lot of people that like why are you calling yourself the champion but he's doing it on purpose does it make you a likable guy? No. Does he really care if he's a likable guy? Probably not. But mm. what should happen, objectively, is that Aljo. Look, if they don't want to strip him, fine. Don't strip him. Yeah. Because it also kind of makes them admit that they made a mistake. Well, he's the thing they did mistake. to
1: Tony Ferguson.
0: They did. They Which did. Which
1: is a bit unfair, though. A, again. Bit,
0: a bit unfair, but. Because he won that
1: um, belt fair and square, though.
0: Right. But I think. It might have the circumstances to be stripped, but if they they probably don't want to strip them because I also admit, admit it. It's also the UFC admitting they made a mistake. Yeah, they don't want to do that. Yeah, UFC does everything right. That's what they want to make out. So I think Petey Arn versus TJ or Corey Sandhagen's the way to go. Um, and that's what they're going to do. So they're going to do interim championship. Um, most likely it's going to happen in October or November. Yeah. So I'd love to see that fight. Yeah. Um, I know we've got. Well, obviously we don't have the have the time today, but we'll definitely give you a breakdown next week. Tiago Santos versus Johnny Walker is next week. Ooh. That's uh, that's an interesting fight. Tiago Santos is on the tail end of his career. He yeah. really needs a win.
1: So does um Johnny Walker because Johnny, Johnny, Walker, Johnny Walker was Michael. considered the uprising star mm-hmm. for a while.
0: Um you got Kevin Holland versus Carl DeCalskis. So Carl DeCalsius he, he's a he's a terrific fighter as well. He just his brother Chris DeKalsis um just got a big win today. Yeah. Um and Kevin Holland um he hasn't been doing well. I think he's on a two-fight losing streak now. Yeah, he's had a ne- rough one really lately. To, he hopefully, he's improved his, his wrestling and his takedown defense. Uh, you get Alex Oliveira versus Nico Price. That's an <laughs> interesting fight as Ooh, well. Looking forward to that one because yeah. Nico
1: Price is one to definitely to look at, especially Oliveira.
0: Yeah, and you, you you got a few other ones out there as well, but those are the main ones you want to look out for. So we'll give you a breakdown next week and mm-hmm. let you guys know, but thank you for listening um also we've got a discount code uh, lsp for 10 percent off on all hemp camel lab products so if you're interested in cbd oil cbd gummies things like that to enhance and improve your recovery and things like that go check them out check on the the description below click on our on the link and use LSP for 10% off for all their products.
1: Don't forget to go on to buy me a coffee, w.buymeacoffee.com forward slash last set podcast. If you would like to donate at all to the podcast. And also guys, check out all our past episodes. We've got plenty of episodes now with fighters, nutritionists, personal trainers, online fitness marketers, uh, doctors, doctors, We've got a wide range of guests right now, commentators, presenters. You know, we are mainly a fight podcast, but we do like to branch out to all different forms of professions. Have a chat to them. If you would like to come on the podcast, just hit us up on Facebook, Instagram. Don't forget to like, subscribe, guys. We appreciate every little bit of support.
0: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Take care.